We kick off another health and wellbeing. Peter Mullen, good to be back with you. It's been a couple of weeks. Hello. Hello, Mark. You've been... Happy to be back here. Of course you are. Look, a big show today. We're going to... I'm going to learn something. First, we're going to find out you know, why the biome is key to good health. Uh, a microbiome. What is our microbiome? So microbiome is... It's interesting. We've got microbiomes all over the body. A microbiome is is a population of bacteria, basically. And um, the largest population of bacteria that we have is in our large bowel. And, you know, there's something like three and a half kilos or 100 trillion different bacteria or 100 trillion bacteria actually live in that large bowel. Um, we have a microbiome on the skin. So overshowering. Um, Whoa, hang on. Overshowering is a problem? So being too clean? Uh, being too clean, because, like, again, we've got a, a bacterial balance that lives on the skin that's different to what's mm. in our gut. We have a microbiome or bacterial balance in our mouth. Um, women have a microbiome in their breast tissue in the ducts. Um, we have microbiome, obviously, vaginally. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so it's interesting. All these different populations of bacteria live where they're supposed to live. And unfortunately, our diet and lifestyle often can disrupt that. This is something that comes up with quite a lot of the uh, the individual topics. It's about getting the, the, the balance right in, internally. So um, some of the things that our microbiome is dependent on, what would, what would they be, some of the key regulators there? Well, probably one of the um – I've just just been to a seminar recently all about the gut microbiome and the one of the most important Great someone else doing your research for you that's fine. Yeah, that's it's good. fantastic. <laughs> so this is this is a, a company in Australia that's doing all the latest research about the microbiome and they've actually um put a test together that can give you a balance of or let you know exactly what the balance of bacteria are in your gut. So um, I had my test done recently, and, and it was really good. I actually got a really good result, I'd just like to say. That's why we're talking about. 98%. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say so that's the highest, highest score you can get. But um, even in my results, there were some interesting things because I get a bit of um, irritable bowel. Am I allowed to say that on radio, share something personal? Yeah, so I get some gut symptoms, particularly if I eat too much bread, mm-hmm. um, Dairy, I'm not so bad with, but bread, um, fatty foods, etc. So I expected my microbiome to be more imbalanced than what it was, but it was actually pretty good. So that sort of helps me sort of understand that the microbiome is probably a little bit more resilient than maybe what we thought. Um, now, with my microbiome, what was interesting, so in the large bowel, we've got the bacteria that live there. You want them to be digesting fiber. That's why we need to have a, a decent wide range of different types of fiber in our diet and we'll come back to why that's important in a minute but i if the if not enough of if you're not eating enough of the right type of fiber to feed those bacteria mm-hmm. particularly in the lower part of the gut they actually swap to being protein digesters so the bacteria now will digest protein rather than fiber now the problem with them when they start to digest, digest protein is they're going to be digesting um, protein that's coming through in your gut, like if you're eating meat or, or protein mm. of any description, if there's not enough protein coming through, they may actually start to break down your mucus lining that protects your gut wall. So having a high percentage of pro- protein-digesting bacteria in your large bowel is not good long-term. That can lead on to further gut disruption. And so interesting. So long story short, what my test told me is I need to eat more fiber because – it's been estimated that women need to be eating 35 grams of fiber a day. So keep in mind, an apple has 2.5 grams. 
Okay, gotcha. So 30 yeah. grams of fibre is a fair mm. whack of fibre. Um, and men, 35 rather. Or about and, 15 apples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and men need to be eating 30 grams equivalent of fibre today. And we'll talk about the different fibres in a minute. But the big premise of the seminar for the whole day, and we'll go into what the, these bacteria do, but the big premise was that to have a healthy microbiome, you need to be feeding it a wide range of fibre. And fibre is the most important thing to really have a good healthy microbiome and good gut function. Uh, we did have a call from Sue at Qatar, and thanks uh, for calling Sue. She had to leave us, but she was uh, looking at the best way for our microbiome to recover after a course of antibiotics. So I'm guessing that antibiotics would be a bit of a... Well, this is where, this is where it all gets even more fascinating because for a long time we've thought like antibiotics do disrupt the microbiome. Like they're a... Um, Antibiotic, obviously they kill bacteria and a certain amount will be end up in the large bowel where they will knock around your populations of bacteria. Now, one of the big problems with our gut microbiome, say compared to 100 years ago, is we're losing species. But what's fascinating is, you know, there's between 400 to 1,000 different species have been identified in our gut. And if you lose one species, then another species will grow to take up the place and function of that other species. More like if we take trees and grass away, the weeds will be there. Yeah, but these can be good weeds as well. Okay. So every course of antibiotics does knock your microbiome around, and you do you may well lose some species, but hopefully there's enough recoverability that other species will take their place. So antibiotics, while they're bad, they're definitely recoverable from, but obviously the more you take the more you're going to be knocking those bacteria around. So long story short, best way to recover from if you've taken a course of antibiotics is to get onto a course of probiotics. Now, probiotics, interestingly, all the, a lot of the early research was done on your acidophilus, lactobacillus acidophilus, and your bifida strains. But they bifida, bifida bacteria don't show up at all in the microbiome. They're a transient bacteria. They travel through. And lactobacillus makes up a tiny, tiny, small percentage. So, yeah, just for back to Sue's question. So, yeah, best way to recover after antibiotics is to uh, make sure you've got plenty of really good fiber in your diet. You know, and, and it's worthwhile trying to calculate what 35 grams of fiber would actually look like for women. And also taking a probiotic for at least a month um, per at least one course of antibiotics, you know, sometimes longer. So, And it needs to be, because the way probiotics work is they don't go in and re-inoculate the gut because we know that your gut, the microbiome is not made up of loads of lactobacillus, acidophilus and bifidus bacteria. Oh, look at this. <laughs> it's made up of the whole host of other bacteria that they're now just starting to fi- understand the function of these bacteria. Mm. So it's so exciting. Anyway, I get really excited about it. So taking a probiotic, so probiotics, encourage the environment to grow your good bacteria and probiotics also can actually release chemicals that knock out bad bacteria as well so they sort of have a dual effect of encouraging your good and knocking out your bad so that's why it's always good to take probiotics after Gee, you'd be fun at a party peter uh thank you thank you I'll, <laughs> so, I'll take that i'm taking that as a compliment however you meant it okay so uh, there are things that disrupt our microbiome for being healthy and balanced uh things like the usual suspects are back again your poor diet your stress antibiotics which we've talked about and inflammation uh, but all of that can disrupt your gut causing a thing i'm going to see if i can get this right Dysbiosis? Yeah, dis, so dysbiosis is a reduction in the diversity of your gut bacteria or an imbalance in the ratio of good bacteria to bad bacteria. So dysbiosis is common due to... So it causes... Where there's a... a drop my pen. doesn't matter. It's where there's an imbalance in your good and, good and bad bacteria. Now, why the bacteria is so important, what they've decided or what they're looking at is it's the diversity 
It's mm-hmm. your number of different species, and it's the function of those bacteria, what particularly what particular function those bacteria have. So some bacteria in our gut, for instance, produce compounds like um, butyrate, which acts locally to feed the cells of your bowel to prevent things like bowel cancer. Um, some bacteria also produce acetate, which actually gets us a metabolite that gets into your bloodstream and can exert an inflammatory effect. So that's how these microbiome or these bacteria exert their effect is in the chemicals or the metabolites that they produce. So we can almost think of the microbiome as being, you know, a large organ in the body producing these chemicals that have a profound effect on our health all over the place. There's also a way that we can, um, some signs that all of that may be happening too. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think, you know, signs of dysbiosis can be things like um, altered bowel habits, like irritable bowel type stuff, diarrhea, constipation, irritable bowel syndrome, um, producing too much flatulence or gas. Now, some bacteria, if an imbalance of bacteria, certain bacteria can produce too much methane. So methane or... um, Sulfonamide. So some bacteria will produce gases that will just make you more windy, more flatulent. And then when you're eating certain foods, you'll get more of that. So that can be a sign that there's definitely an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. Bloating, abdominal pain, um, food intolerances are associated as well. Um, even things like um, uh, frequent colds and flus. You know, there's been studies where kids have been prescribed probiotics and and suffered less less number of colds and flus or recovered quicker. Um, you know, increase in allergies. So one of the reasons why I think uh, we're seeing a lot more kids being allergic to stuff these days is I think there's a disruption in their microbiome. And interesting, it's all new research, but some of the um, early, early, early sort of stuff out is suggesting that your microbiome, the balance of good and bad bacteria may play a role with things like anxiety or depression, Definitely we think there's a link with autoimmune. There's been links between balance of certain types of bacteria and things like um, weight gain or insulin resistance, difficulty losing weight. Um, And then also to obviously all the um, um, gut symptoms as well. All right, there's a lot in that. As you, as you always say, uh, from week to week, that the what happens in the gut sort of has these wide uh, multiple ram- effects ramifications, and, and they're really only now just starting to fully understand that. But um, yeah, it's a fascinating area, and I think definitely because um, it has such an impact on our health, and it's really quite easy to manage a healthy gut to get, have a healthy gut microbiome simply and firstly just by getting your diet really good. Michelle from Wickham, now you've got some autoimmune issues, Michelle. You want to talk to Peter about? Hello. Oh, good day. How are you going? Good, Michelle. Oh, mate, like, I'm just listening to your program and you just tick so many boxes for me. It was absolutely crazy. Okay. Um, started off with um, chronic fatigue uh, 25 years ago. Yep. Um, always had a complicated immune system and now 53 running into the last two years of uh, aggressive arthritic conditions. Okay, so that's uh, autoimmune, like an autoimmune yep. type. Yep. 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 Now I'm insulin resistant as well. Yeah, wow. Wow. You, we, are, um, we did tick some boxes for you. I'm going through menopause, so that's not so great either. That's enough. Um, but yeah, and, and this autoimmune problem, you know, my mum had it too and died from cardiomyopathy, and now it's um, attacking the lining of my heart as well. So yeah, okay, okay. It's just critical to, I just, you know, the program just is amazing. I just what you just said just actually just 
yeah, light bulbs went off everywhere. So, well, look, it's it's really you've got a really complex lot of issues going on there, and um, yeah. you know, audio autoimmune that's affecting your heart lining. Obviously, you know, we <laughs> need to keep going with the orthodox approach. You know, when it's something like going on there, but if you're also yeah. getting gut issues, then that's definitely a place to start just to mm. try and improve your general health and well being, and it will definitely help your insulin resistance. Yeah, yeah, trying to get that under control. Yeah, and how far it goes towards helping the autoimmune depends on lots of different factors. It's not always as black and white as, you know, what we'd like it to be, but definitely you've got some good places to start there just with getting that gut health sorted. Thank you very much, Michelle. Hello, Deborah at Caves Beach, and you've got a question for Peter today, Deborah. Uh, Yes, I do, and um, it's about kefir, and... um yeah, is it is it good to to drink the kefir to get the probiotics and how often should you drink it and what benefits does it have? Yeah, hi Deborah. So I'm talking about the milk kefir. kefir. Hi. Yeah, hi Deborah. Um, yeah, like the milk kefir, as long as you're not um, dairy intolerant or protein intolerant, um, the milk kefir, you know, is a great way. It's kind of like a um, using a, a combination of bacteria and I think yeast as well in the kefir to make it like a fermented drink, a bit like kombucha, but using yeah. more like a, a milk-based, um, like a bit like a cross between kombucha and yogurt, basically. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm a big fan, as long as I said you can tolerate the milk protein. And it's I'd treat it a bit like yogurt. You could have like a couple of, like a, you know, a small glass every day. Wouldn't Shouldn't be a problem at all. Okay, yeah, because I, I have got it. I have been making it from the grains. Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic. Uh, but Gee, I wasn't no sure. Store, no store-bought stuff for you, Deborah. You're all over this, no. aren't you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so as long as, uh, long as it's not, yeah. long as, as I said, the dairy's fine, then, um, yeah, you can take a glass of that every day for sure. Okay, cool, yeah, and it's good. It's, so it won't, you can't overdo it. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Like your your body will digest some of the pro, some of the bacteria, and the other ones will it be encouraging your good bacteria in your gut. So yeah, happy days. Thank you so very much for that, Deborah. And lastly, uh, Bev at Toronto, you do have a gut flora question. Good afternoon, Deb. A uh, Bev, rather. Oh uh, hi. Hello, hi. Bev. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a problem. I'll try to be very brief. But I, I had a, an accident in my or the disc pressed on the sciatic nerve. So I was given by the doctors um, um, endone. Um, I had I was up to having two, three times a day and yes. charging in the, the morning. Yeah, for the pain. And yep. yeah, that went on for three months until yeah, okay. I could get the okay. surgery. Well, following that, of course, it gives you a constipation. Yes. But I had a paralysed bowel. Yeah, okay, okay. I was admitted into the um, rehab, and the doctor there was treating me for a blockage of the bowel. And for three weeks, I was had my bowel literally washed out by uh, two colloquial three times a day, two sachets of um, Muvicol three times a day, then the fleet drink, you know, 20 minutes apart, then the enema. Now, that's the daily routine for over three weeks. My goodness. I lost three thirteen kilos. I was so ill I couldn't eat. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I was a mess. So they discharged me at the end of that time, and none of the X-rays, six I had, showed I had a blockage. But my family googled and found because of the endone, I had a paralysed bowel. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly a side it's effect like, from the medication. 
Yeah, so um, anyway, I had to go to see the local doctor and he said, well, no, you don't need a gastroenterologist as the doctor at the hospital suggested, but you do need, it's all diet now because you've had all the bacteria in your bowel um, washed out. Yep, yep. And um, so a friend that very day turned up and she said, I know what you need. The naturopathic way will give you kefir made on uh, raw goat's milk. And she used to get the goat's milk and she made that up for me. And I had that big jar yes. of kefir every week. Yes. And um, well, before every meal. And uh, she made me um, um, free range chicken and organic vegetable soup and that was all I could manage to eat three times a day for a week yep yep I started to feel better feel better and get a bit of appetite yes then I was on the probiotics as well yeah okay okay I I stayed on that for about nearly nearly two years and um, anyway I thought I might need a change so I did ask a compounding chemist, how much probiotic is too much? Yep. And his I, opinion was none. What are your thoughts on that, Peter, with the probiotic? You, I, you seem what, to think it's okay. Yeah, I do, I do. But um, what I do is I change change strains. So I wouldn't keep on the same probiotic all that time. Um, Bev, I would try some different um, combinations of bacteria because they all have different effects on your microbiome. But that's a, that's an amazing story. Mm. You've done really well to recover that bowel function. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you to our callers today. And because we're pretty much out of time, Peter, I guess the this the moral to wrap it all up there. If you think you may have some concerns with your microbiome, look, uh, you can uh, get uh, get to go through the testing process and figure it out from there. Yeah, look, definitely. And um, if you want to know more about your microbiome, there there are. T- that you can have done and that gives you a breakdown of what your balance is actually like and whether you've got more of the the helpful or harmful bacteria there and also um you know if you see a naturopath they can help you work out then what you need to do about it but um definitely with all of those callers today particularly um, michelle from wickham you know getting the gut health sorted for starters will definitely help improve, you know, inflammation in the body and hopefully turn down some of those other conditions that she has as well. So, Great topic, Peter. As yeah. always, thank you and so thanks much. For the, thanks for the calls. I really appreciate people calling in. Yeah, and you'll be back next week uh, for another Health and Wellbeing on 2NURFM, 103.7. Oh, good one, Peter. Thanks, Mark. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.